Welcome to episode 7. It's just Dylan and I this week, and uh, there's really not much happening, so I don't know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. It was Sunday, typically, Dylan and I start talking about what we're going to talk about the following week, when when our podcast ends. Yeah. And, and at that time, Sunday and, and Monday, we were talking about looking at the state of... The long term, long term care in Ontario. Long term care in Ontario, because it was, it seemed to be a big issue at the time. I mean, it still is a big issue. It is a big issue, but not it's, dominating the news cycle. It's been eclipsed. Um, I think it was Monday evening as I was reading through the news. We saw the video of uh, George Floyd. I still uh, haven't seen the video. I can't bring myself to watch it. Well, I I watched it because of the podcast. Actually, I wanted to I wanted to make sure that. I'd, I'd seen it before I comment, yeah. and uh, and did I mean there's there's no way to describe it other than uh, a, a murder caught on video, and uh, so uh, having said that, I think the next however long we talk about it, we'll uh, we'll go over what's what's transgressed and and happened in in that. Whole the whole thing from then to now is as far as we can from from the perspective of uh albeit two white guys. Yeah. But uh from our perspective. To start off, I think it's important um to say policing is not an easy job. Uh I'm I'm very thankful to the ninety nine point nine percent of the police force that are out there putting their lives at risk every day to make our our cities and countries safe. It's a dangerous job. There are dangerous people out there and it's a scary job and you're putting you're putting yourself in harm's way a lot of the time. So it's never easy. But but part of taking on that responsibility is holding yourself to a to a higher standard. You know you're going to be put in those situations and you have to act appropriately. In this case, I, I'm not even sure it was a life-threatening situation. Everything I've seen, George Floyd was unarmed, didn't really resist arrest. I mean, there, it was just, I mean, you can't, you, there was no reason no. for what happened. And uh, I think looking at this... Um, the best way to proceed is sort of day by day as uh, as things transpired. I think I said transgressed earlier, but as things transpired, um, exactly. Uh, and then we'll we'll give our two cents for what they're worth. Obviously, the first bit where I, I'm not sure what was going through the policeman's head, but as he as he sits on the neck and and people gather and video and tell him to get off and george himself is saying he can't breathe i mean how does he just sit there and and ignore everything uh, four cops four cops and 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 then to the point where he eventually passes out and he still doesn't move until the ambulance finally gets there and he puts him on the gurney. And uh, I, I don't know what 
I mean, I get the bystanders probably did all they could by commenting. I, I heard one person say, I'm a first responder, you have to take his pulse, he's unconscious. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough to, to go against the police. It, it would have been difficult to attack them, move them off somehow. I, I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. But but how you get four people to be the four police officers in question to be to be complicit? No one said, "Hey, you know what I mean?" To his partner, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, maybe you should get off his neck." Yeah, and what he was doing was not any sort of like restraining move taught in police school. Yeah, Jacob Frey, the mayor of Minneapolis, said that uh, a couple of days later. Yeah. It was it was it was not a subduing method taught by the officers. It was. Well, I think there was another video that showed it was three cops leaning on him. One on his neck and one on his back and one on his legs. Yeah, so it was, they chose to do that, knowing it wasn't a taught technique, technique, and and they, and they chose to do that. Over a, from what I understand, a, a phony $20 bill. Allegedly. Which, which allegedly, and it... it with COVID, you don't even go to jail for that right now. Yeah. So uh, that's how it that's that's how it started. Um, that was the twenty fifth. On the twenty sixth, uh, we started the protests, and especially in Minneapolis, they were they started up there. Am I saying that right? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. I, I don't think. know why I put an extra syllable in. I think a lot of people do. It's hard. It's also a lazy city name for Minnesota. Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. I think like, I had an N in there that isn't there. It's Minneapolis. Yeah. Anyway. They started using uh, tear gas. Against the uh, protesters? Against the protesters. And, and there was violence that first night. And, uh, but not during the day. Not during the day. A lot There's of the protests. rarely violence during yeah. the day. The protests during the day seemed to be fairly Peaceful. peaceful. Then night comes and it generally turns ugly. And I can, I understand but don't condone uh, the attacking of the police station, even the vandalism of the police station, of the of the police cars. I get it. These people are frustrated. It's years of frustration. It's not one incident. Um, but, I mean... It's attacking people's shops and that that's too far for me i think there's i think okay you let it go the first night fine but there's i think they did need to step in a little bit sooner to control not just people aren't going to do as much if there's crowd control there yeah uh i think though it's worth mentioning that if you really don't want these things to happen this is not the first time any of this has happened in the u.s there was the uh, race riots in Los Angeles in 1992. It happens, it all, yeah, it happens across the world, not yeah. even in the U.S. happened in Detroit decades before that. Um, and I have to say, uh, I think the main focus shouldn't be on stopping these riots or stopping, you know, the, the damage to property, which I agree. Um, I mean, it gets so complicated, especially once you hear the other reports that we'll talk about later that have to do with the riots. Um, but yeah, I don't think that, um, you know, small businesses that uh, are owned by people, like you could be destroying their entire livelihood. 
and that's dangerous. I'll be honest, I really don't care if you burn down a target as long as nobody's in there. Um, but if you want this to not happen, then you don't need harsher controls on it. You don't need more supervision. If you really want this to not happen, you need to get your cops to stop killing black people. Yeah. But I, I also think the protest loses a lot of its uh, poignancy when it devolves into random violence. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but, I mean, like you said, it's years and years and decades and centuries of pent-up um, uh, hurt and... Uh, pain and um, being targeted themselves. I mean, like I said, it's complicated because I agree that the random violence is not good, but I also totally understand where the rioters are coming from. And um, I think this quote's being tossed around a lot, but it was, I believe, Martin Luther King Jr. who said that riots are the language of the unheard. And, you know, the peaceful protest has worked or has they've tried it and it's not worked. And so I can understand why it might be turning to rioting. And again, I have to say that I don't necessarily approve of, of the rioting because innocent people are getting hurt, but how many people really are innocent uh, when there's been a system that's been tolerated by so many Americans for centuries that has been oppressive but, to but a lot black of these, people. A lot of these businesses that get hurt are owned by black people because that's yes. the neighborhoods they're riding and, in. And yeah, and I've heard that. And uh, um, I've heard a lot from the mayors and the governor that a lot of these businesses being hurt are businesses that have served that specific community. And you're right, it's not... Um, I don't know, it's not the way to go, I I have to say, but I just, I, I understand. I mean, I was angry the day that the the protests started. I was furious, steaming at work after I saw stuff out in the news and I'm a white Canadian. So I can only imagine how furious black Americans are, um, which is why I just, I, I can empathize. Even we, if it's wrong. Then we, uh, move into the 27th and the protests start erupting in cities across the US um especially LA uh i think Atlanta i think that the protests in this protest either in Atlanta or maybe it's in Louisville Kentucky that's about another it's about something else i mean it's about the same thing but it's a different unarmed black woman who that was, was shot that was Louisville that was Louisville Kentucky yeah okay um, but the, the Atlanta and the LA riots were, or protests were about, were about this and, and the same with New York, but I think that was a bit later. Um, on the 27th, we had, uh, Jacob Frey, the Minneapolis mayor call for, uh, mur- oh, you know what? Sorry. 26, the officers got fired. Yeah. Thank God. Which was a day after, which was fairly quick action. The 27th, um, the Jacob Frey called for the murder charges against uh, at least the one officer that had uh, the knee on the neck. 
and uh, and I have the uh, a clip from that interview, and uh, we'll play it now. The question was that stated that no mayor has ever publicly called for the prosecution of one of his or her own officers before, uh, at least in, I think you said, in our state. Uh, and the question is, what went into that decision? Now, I mentioned earlier that there are protocols, there is, is guidance, there's precedent uh, that is almost instilled in the walls of these institutions like city government as if it were mortar. And so many of those protocols say that you shouldn't act quick. You shouldn't make a decisive decision. You shouldn't speak out. And they'll give you a thousand reasons why that guidance is given. But there was one question in my mind that I could not answer. If I'm tasked with being honest with people, which I do promise to be, how could I argue? How could I not speak out when an offense took place that you or I or many other people through our city would have been behind bars if they did? Yet this particular individual, this officer, was not. I think there's three parts to that uh, clip that that really uh, are interesting to me. The first, uh, I want to mention now, but I, I think it's I think it's a another time, another topic, another week, mm-hmm. um, is where he talks about how it's ingrained in in the walls. He says part of the mortar to not make. Uh, he says decisive decisions or act quickly, which is a big problem with government right now. Uh, they don't. They don't act quickly. They don't make decisive decisions, mostly because I believe anyway, your time in office is mostly spent about getting reelected and you don't want to offend anybody along the way. If you make a decision, you're liable to offend somebody. So they try not to make any. That's a big problem, but uh, it's not the problem we're discussing today. No. <laughs> um, secondly, uh, I think it's so refreshing to listen to some unarticulate uh, politician. Yeah. That spe- speaks well. If you haven't listened to that whole interview, it, it is truly worth a listen. I mean, he's answering questions, so it's not prepared statements. He's answering questions live from reporters and speaking speaks so well and is is honest and and eloquent it's uh it's unbelievable i mean i mean when you compare it to who we've been listening to for the last two or three years yeah it's even i mean it's nice i would say to listen to somebody who is so measured um and and calm which i think we haven't even been hearing so much from uh from democrats on the on the top level and and, and that's not to say I, I think that there are many articulate inspiring democrats at the top level Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, uh uh Chuck Schumer um 
and but they're all about the get angry about it which is a a very valid valid thing but uh i was just hearing this i don't know the fact that he wasn't like yelling about it i felt made it very powerful i don't know something like that stuck out to me yeah and and then of course the last thing is is putting yourself on the level with he's not above people yeah he's he's on the same level and and whoever does this whether he did it or he says whether I did it or many other people, we would be behind bars. Why isn't this officer? And and that is the third thing that that really resonates. And, and uh, I think you need that in your politicians. And I don't think we have that at the top right now in the U.S. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of the biggest problems. I think one of the reasons why this keeps happening is because too many police officers, and one is too many, and it's way more than one, but too many police officers um, act like because they enforce the law, they are above the law. And the reason I think they act that way is because they're allowed to. They get treated like they're above the law half the time um, when the, uh, if, if these things ever even enter the court system, they are often treated in the court system like they can get away with things because they're cops. And then half the time it doesn't even go into the court system because they're cops. But, I mean, to some extent, you you have to be able to put yourself in their shoes as well. I mean, it's not, they aren't regular jobs. It's not somebody going to, you know, push paper in some office. There's a good chance, you know, I'm sure, and Canada's a lot different than the U.S., I wonder how many U.S. cops have a gun pulled at them. It's probably a pretty high number. Yeah. It's a scary job. Yes, I, I, I agree. And, and you know, and then this is this is why I'm for body cams. Uh, people, I know the police union up here is against it, but uh, I think as as much as it is going to convict, uh, I think more often it would uh, help the police I because agree. they are hard situations, and and you you do have to take that in, into consideration. And as long as it's a uh, reasonable body reviewing these body cams you know and what would you do if somebody's coming at you with a knife or a gun or whatever yeah um then then i I don't i think i think they're going to help more than they hurt and i I wish they'd get them up here i agree and but i think i guess what i'm i'm trying to say is you know yeah the police maybe need they need to know that they can protect people and do their jobs uh, without, like, ruining their lives. Yes. Uh, but they also they need to be able to make intelligent decisions, even if it's quick. You, you need to be able to do that when you're a cop so that things like this don't happen. And if you can't, then you shouldn't be hired. Yeah, and I think they do their best to root out. There's extensive training. And I, like I said, I... I do try to give the cops the benefit of the doubt in every case um, because it is a scary job. But there are times when they're wrong, and this is definitely one of those times. Yeah. I have to say, though, I, I think that the numbers of people applying to be cops is going down, and so they're desperate for personnel. That's another problem. But I think that because of that, they're not doing their best to vet, and they're letting things go through the cracks because they need the people. And, uh, I mean, that's a whole other... That could be, I don't know bucket of worms um 
So that takes us through the 27th. Um, on the 28th, the National Guard was mobilized in Minnesota. And uh, Jacob Frey, again the mayor, uh, calls for peace and order, instills an 8 p.m. curfew. And uh, it was broken. Uh, they, people were out later yeah. than 8. Yeah, they were, indeed. Um, so, you know, there's... He was trying to bring it, bring it in because he saw his city burning, and uh, it it is a it is a problem. I'm just trying to. Is that the day? No, no. Sorry, it's a couple of days later. Um, on May 29th, the first ex officer was charged with third degree murder and manslaughter. Yes. Uh, which is four days. After the incident? Yeah. And um, what I heard uh, from the governor of Minnesota, uh, and his remarks are also worth going to listen to, uh, Tom Waltz, Tim Waltz, something like that. Um, what I heard from him is that they, the state government moved much faster than they normally would have to get these charges laid out um, because... Uh, because because he said there he's not insensitive to public opinion or something along those lines or the public desire or something like that um and I think that's great because well I how could you look at the video and like is there a is a reasonable doubt like so many videos there's new videos from different angles of nearby shop stores surveillance footage anything like that there's, like, George Floyd was murdered by that cop. Well, he'll, I mean, I mean, he'll have his day in court. He will. And and that's the way the system works here, and that's the way the system works there. Uh, I think uh, I think it's an appropriate charge, and I think it was adequately fast. I don't think you got before you can charge somebody with murder and really oh. ruin their lives. Yeah. It you got to make sure your ducks are in a row. I agree. I agree. I agree. It was um, uh, adequately fast. I think it was. I think you could probably bump up the murder charge. I don't think third. I think it could be higher than third degree, but. Uh, well, no, there's no premeditation. No, but second degree doesn't require any premeditation. Uh, second degree uh, requires intent, though, right? Third degree is accidental. So, second degree, you 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 may have a case, but but unless second degree is a lot harder to prove. Second degree, he's more likely to get off. Yeah, that's true. Um, Third degree is roughly the same sentence, and I don't see how he's getting off. Uh, I think he could get off through institutionalized racism, but, uh, like, I mean, I think that's a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think he will go to jail. I certainly hope he goes to jail. Um, but, uh, and I think the other three cops should go to jail, too. Um yeah, just sort of indifference to human life or whatever that charge is, yeah. or accessory. Yeah, after the, well, the ones the holding fact, him but... down should be accessory. Yeah. Um, but uh, anywho, um, but yeah, no, I agree. It was appropriately fast, and the other thing he said was that they weren't going to charge him until they had the evidence to convict him, and once they were certain of that, they charged him. So I have to applaud the government of Minnesota. Um, for moving so quickly, because four days, that's pretty quick. Moving so quickly, but also not, they could have charged him on the second day. 
Yeah. But they didn't do that either. They made sure that they had their ducks in a, in a row, which uh, is, I think it was appropriate. And, yeah, and I think that's because they agree this man should go to jail and they wanted to make sure he yeah, would. Yeah, And I, I, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure his defense lawyer will try, but I don't see uh, Rodney King or, or OJ trial here where it's majority white jurors, or sorry, not OJ, Rodney King, where it's majority white jurors. Yeah. yeah. OJ's the opposite. I, yeah, I worry about that. I do. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on the judge. Um, but... No, they, I mean, I mean, well, all my law I know comes from watching TV, but <laughs> I think the judge doesn't pick the jury. The jury's randomly selected. But he can then, dismiss jurors, can't he? Uh, no, I think the lawyers can say that the juror, 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 potential juror is okay or not okay. I don't think the judge can outright dismiss jurors. I, I could be, he might be able to as well, but the lawyers definitely question them. Yeah. And uh, things called voir dire and decide whether they want them on the jury or not. And obviously the defense will try to get so what's racists. To, yeah. Wait, so what's to stop the defense from just you kicking only, off? You only get so many. You can only okay. get rid of so many. So I feel like the defense will probably just, like, in... I think they'll try to be racist, and I think they will try to kick off every single black person they can. I'm sure they will. Hopefully there isn't isn't as many... Hopefully there's more black people than there are, whatever it's called, when you kick a juror off the pool. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's the way the system's set up, so we'll see what how that turns out. I think, I think if he gets off, it's because... Of internalized and institutionalized racism. It's going to be a big problem if he gets off Minnesota, or sorry, Minneapolis, Minneapolis is going to burn to the ground. Yeah. It's going to be bad news. Yeah, he needs to go to jail. Uh, also on the 29th, uh, Trump oh. uh, <laughs> tweets, um, calls the looters thugs, and and tweets, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Which, um, in the same tweet, he called Frey a radical left mayor and very weak. Same day, he retweeted uh, uh, a guy who had a video. And in that video, the guy said the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. So there's the uh, uh, Trump again, sort of uh, uh, doing what Trump does. Yeah. And then Twitter flagged it as uh, a tweet that promotes, that breaks Twitter's rules and promotes violence, but they said they let it go because of the public interest. Um, so Trump starts up a war with Twitter, signing an executive order that does basically nothing, I'm given to understand. Um, but he's trying to open them up to censorship laws. The, the, the uh, Twitter war actually started the day before, as he tweeted... Um... About mail vote mail voting fraud, oh, and and uh, Twitter added a fact, fact check. check, and then um, then he signed the executive yeah. order, and then he got then he got uh, this one. So so the president of the United States is going to war with Twitter, while multiple major cities are burning, and and 
100,000 people have died because of COVID. Yeah, and this is what the president's doing. It's ridiculous. Like, I truly do not understand how anyone with a conscience can defend him. Uh, they, they defend him because he makes them money. But, like, how do the, you know, 40% of the American populace that are going to vote for him justify it? Because they're Republicans. I know, like, but, and none of them have a conscience? Uh, I don't know. Once, I mean, it's, I think if you're a registered Republican, you almost always vote Republican, and it takes more than this. Really? Uh, really. It takes more than this. I mean, I know, you're right. It does. It does. And that's the unbelievable thing. That they're so loyal that they think someone like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer would be so bad that they are willing to vote for somebody who is willing, who is more willing to pick a war with social media, who cares more about their own image than they care about the lives of American people. And well, and then the. He he pandering to his he's pandering to his base with when the looting starts, the shooting starts as well. I mean, that uh phrase started um in Miami. The police chief in Miami, uh Walter Headley in nineteen sixty seven said it, referring to riots that were going on down there, and he uh he was going to shoot Americans if they looted. I mean that's that was when it started. And and he came out a day or Trump came out a day or two later saying he oh I have no idea where it started. I I think it means that when people loot they also tend to be shooting or something like that. Which Some, is ridiculous. He yeah. obviously knew where it came from. Yeah, because he's racist and racists run in the same circles. He's, racist. Circles. He is he's he's a, he is either racist or he knows he needs that vote to win. Well I don't think he's either or, I think he's both. Could be both. Um, uh, where are we? The 29th. 29th, there was uh, destructive protests in Atlanta and New York. Um, the, I think that was the day where the, uh, the protesters went out on the highway and got hit by that, uh, that, uh, truck, sort of plowed through them. Um, the 29th was also... The day the CNN reporter got arrested, Omar Jimenez was live on CNN um, reporting on on the uh, the riots and uh, was arrested. He was. If you haven't seen that video again, it's worthwhile to watch. He was very respectful to the police. Asked him, asked the police where they wanted him to go. And uh, they ended up just arresting him, and 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 one and of after the after he had shown them the his press yeah, credentials. He's shown them the press credentials. And he did told he mention them what that they he was doing. black? And then that was one of the one of the commentators uh, for CNN said uh, that you know it's a black reporter arrested covering racism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's by white cops. Anyway, it, something uh, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it absolutely was was insane. Um, I I was watching CNN. Uh, I didn't actually see it happen, but it, I was watching moments before it happened. Um, and 
I could be wrong with this, but I'm given to understand that there was a white reporter there as well who wasn't arrested. Wasn't in the same spot. He was a couple blocks away. Okay. But yes, that is true. And they, they did ask him about that. Why? They asked him about that the next day to, you know, why he wasn't arrested. And he was a yeah. block away, so it could have been CNN was just closer, wrong spot, wrong time. And, and he also said once he got released that they were, they were very respectful to him and they were actually chatting about it while he was on, under arrest on the way to the car. He was chatting with the cops. <laughs> so it, it was, uh, you know, there was nothing violent but uh, other than the act of being arrested. Yeah. Um, then on, uh, on the, uh, on the 30th, uh, Jacob, Jacob Frey has stated the peaceful protests have now turned to domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and again, this is him trying to stop his city from being burnt to the ground. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't know how he defined the turn, um, turn. Oh, turn? I mean turn. The turn. Oh, oh the like, turn. Like, have they turned to domestic terrorism? Oh, okay, okay. I thought this was another transgressed, transpired No, no, this time I'm right. Okay. This time it's what I meant to say. <laughs> but, but how, why, why are the first three days not domestic terrorism and then after that they are? I, I need to watch the video closer. I, I'm not sure the difference. Um... Maybe because they're breaking curfews and stuff, but but it's it's still people protesting the same incident. So why why on one day is it domestic terrorism and yeah. the next day it's a protest? Well, it's it could be, um, you know, uh, in the in another press press conference yesterday, um, the mayor of Saint Paul said, and Saint Paul for, for those of you who don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't know this, but Saint Paul is obviously. The city, sister city to Minneapolis, uh, it's right across the Mississippi River um, in the two cities. It's kind of like Ottawa and Gatineau, if if that means anything to you listeners. In Canada? Uh, in Canada, yeah. Uh, where it's almost the same city, it's just technically two different cities. Um, so the mayor of St. Paul, uh, Melvin Carter, um, gave a, a, a prepared speech Um and one of the things he said was that um, the people who were rioting were coming from out of state. And uh, we do have a clip of that as well. In St. Paul last night, and across our Twin Cities, a curfew went into effect. Because we had a relative stillness in St. Paul, we didn't make an enormous number of arrests. But every single person we arrested last night, I'm told, was from out of state. What we are seeing right now is a group of people who are not from here. As I talk to my friends uh, who have been in this movement for a very long time, who wake up in this movement every day, and I ask them what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what they're hearing, to a person I hear them say, we don't know these folks. We don't know these folks who are agitating. We don't know these folks who are inciting violence. We don't know these folks who are first in to break a window. And those folks who are agitating and inciting are taking advantage of the pain, of the hurt, of the frustration, of the anger, of the very real and legitimate sadness that so many of our community members feel. So, 
he does say that he's been told people are out of state. I would like to see somebody. Uh, I, I mean, maybe they are. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he has no reason to lie. I'm sure that's what he's been told. Yeah. But uh, let's make sure that that's the facts before we start. Mm-hmm. I, you know, just going I, with that. I like to think he has some sort of um, uh, affirmation before he says that in his prepared remarks. Um, that was Mayor Melvin Carter. I don't know if we mentioned that. Um, but uh, I recommend you go and look up the whole speech. It's about nine minutes. It's well worth a listen to. It's brilliantly written. Very well delivered. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's it's wonderful. Um but if if he's right, if that is the case, uh then that could be the turn you were talking about where it becomes domestic terrorism. Yeah. But the other thing, I mean, then the question becomes who sent them? Yeah. Well, I mean uh, yeah, you know, who sent them, who knows. Um in the same speech he does talk about how it's an organized group receiving information he says that they know this he says with a great amount of confidence that he knows this um uh so uh, there might be something more going on um and it might be um i mean it still might be uh domestic terrorism uh to oppose the same thing it might be about the same thing right it might be more radical groups who are um, reacting to the death of George Floyd and and this is their way of doing it, in which case, right, it's not peaceful protest, it's domestic terrorism. Um, but it, 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 George Floyd could still be their, their, their reasoning. But I agree, that's not how, how to go about doing it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on again on the other thing on the thirtieth in uh, New York City there was a a video of two police vans that came across some protesters on a New York street, and and the people sort of gathered in front of them to stop them, and they lurched forward and and people sort of flew everywhere and then one of the people jumped up on the police van and I'm not sure, um, I mean I. I don't know where those police were going. It's I don't think it's ever a good idea to try to stop emergency vehicles. You don't know where they're going. It, they could have been on their way to try to save somebody's life. Yeah. Uh, but when you're in the... V, and, and so it's it's a little bit hard to judge, but I, I don't think it's the right time to start mowing down protesters either. When is the right time to start mowing down protesters? Uh, no, it's <laughs> not normally the right time, but do you also know you're going to... Like you're gonna be caught. It's a tough one, but but you you're trying to get them out of the way, but there's got to be a better way than that. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Maybe you keep driving forward slowly. You don't uh, you don't stop if you're trying to get somewhere. Um, but nothing gives you the right to drive over people. Well, if you're not stopping, you're driving it's, over them. No, but what I mean, if you're going like you know five, six, seven kilometers per hour. Yeah, you know, I, I, you're not going to kill anyone. And then you know. But again, where where are you going? Seven kilometers an hour, the person's dead by the time you get there. Maybe, but you're uh, you're, you're you just push through the people who are getting, and they can go fast again. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know. If you're going I, I, to I save think... one life, you can't drive over seven in the process. <laughs> Six. 
I made up a number. Uh, no. I, oh, oh, yes, six is fun. The uh, it's just I I do think the protesters though have to like, you got to protest, but you also have to protest with a conscience. I think, which is maybe difficult, but really shouldn't be. Um, and you you don't know where these cars are going. You don't know where they're going. Yeah. It's difficult. I mean, I, I especially cop cars. That's the symbol of what they're protesting right yeah. now. I, I understand completely. And but somebody could have called nine one one and have been in serious trouble. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You're right. I just it. It's from. You know. I. I can like talk myself in circles around stuff like this. We're like this, but this, but this, but this, but this, but this, but this, and. And you can just keep countering yourself because it is such a complex issue and it has so much history. Um, but, you know, what I do have to think at, at this point is, you know, we talk about, well, peaceful protest. That's the way to do Where has peaceful protest gotten them, gotten the black community in America to this point? Um, and in a degree, in a, to a degree, you can say it has brought them... Um, uh, uh, more justice in in Martin Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s um uh peaceful protests, many peaceful protests, and that advanced the social justice cause, uh the civil rights cause, and it it got them, you know, it, it started a movement that brought around more equal rights. Um I, I don't want to say, because I don't think you can say that today in America black people are equal. Um to, to, to white people, uh, even if they are in the eyes of the law, they're not practically. Um, that's not how they're treated in so many uh, states, in every state, in so many cities across the country. Uh, and that's completely unacceptable. And I can understand why, you know, you can say, well, it's been two centuries and we're still being indiscriminately uh, uh, killed by by police officers. Um, I saw something, I wish I could find so I could decide a direct source, but I saw something on the internet the other day that showed like four white mass shooters who were escorted from the scene alive and compared that to George Floyd or uh, the person who I so unfortunately, and I'm sorry, his name I forget, who was killed by police officers on March 13th. Uh, I think it was March 13th, maybe May 13th in Louisville, Kentucky. Or the... Uh, months ago, it might have been years ago, but I still remember reading in the news, the little uh, black boy, who I think, I don't even know if he was 10 yet, uh, who was shot and killed by police because he had a toy gun. Uh, and so we've had decades of peaceful protest, and this still happens. So I understand why maybe some people are like, well, to hell with peaceful protest. Yeah, I mean, I mean... Peaceful protests or violent protests are not going to change racism. Yeah. No. Um, do you need, uh, you need knowledge, you need teaching, you need, you need to, you need to, at the, and with kids, like you need to get in when they're young. You need, you need, uh, the curriculum almost to, Mm -hmm. to change, uh, to make sure everybody's on the same page. But I think if you, you know, you look at, uh, another, another one more quote we're going to have is the, the mayor of Atlanta, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Yeah. Uh, who 
sounds like she was there with Martin Luther King and sounds like she is on board with, uh, with peaceful protests. Let me just speak to what's happening here today. Um, above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years old. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday, when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not gonna out concern me and out care about where we are in America. I wear this each and every day and I pray over my children each and every day. So what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs and people who care about this city where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners. If you care about this city, then go home and pray that somebody like Reverend Beasley will come and talk to you and give you some instructions on what a protest should look like and how you effectuate change in America. So we we just did a little fact checking while we were playing that, and uh, she wasn't with uh, Martin Luther King. And actually, looking at the video, you can tell she's young. Yeah, she wasn't born until two years after he was assassinated. But uh, I think it gets the point across, and and it's also, I think she's right. It the the pro when the protests turn violent, you're starting to prove the other side's not prove the other side's point, but you're starting to give them. Ammunition. Uh, ammunition. Yeah. Exactly. You're giving them ammunition. So it is very frustrating. Um, I mean, I, I, I'd I, like to say I know, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I can understand. I mean, we, we did have family that came to Canada on the Underground Railroad. But you would never know it looking at me. No, no. We are, we're white. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how much um, you know uh, history we have with um, how many relatives we have that are African American. We are white. That's how we're treated. That's how society treats us. That's all we've ever known. Um, yeah, that's that's that. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I. But it's it is nice. What is what is coming out of this? To me, the other thing is these, these a lot of these mayors are really well spoken and articulate. I yeah, mean, I mean there are there to me there is some hope as long as we have 
these these well well spoken and and people that that put speeches together that are coherent and uh, yeah you know, it's a low bar but they speak well yeah in in any age regardless of who the president was these are good speeches these are these are well thought out and articulate speeches that that uh, I I've, I've missed yeah yeah I mean but then you get mayors like uh, I don't even know it was mayor what's his name from Backwater USA who said. Uh, that he didn't see anything wrong with the video because if you can say I can't breathe, then you can breathe. Yeah, well, I mean that that's true he was breathing, but obviously he wasn't getting enough breath. Yes, yes. No, what I'm saying is that not every mayor is intelligent. Yeah. Um no. and uh and I hate to say it, but I see I see a clear partisan line running right now uh in the US the people who I've heard from, the people who are standing up, people who are saying these protests can't be violent, but this was wrong, are Democrats. And Republicans, Republicans, some are saying the opposite, but I would say most are staying silent. And that is, I would say, the biggest part of the problem. The amount of Americans who are not going and perpetrating this, but are willing to stay silent while it happens. Yeah, yeah. and, and to some extent... We have a similar problem up here with uh, the way a lot of the indigenous population is treated. I was going to say that we could be doing this entire podcast about Canada and replace uh, black with indigenous. Yeah. It, it happens. It happens just as much. And it's, and I would say it is less uh, seen in Canada. I think we're even worse than America when it comes to closing our eyes to this and blinding ourselves to it happening. Yeah, I, I admit we, I was until we were in Yellowknife for three years. Uh, that that was the eye opening. Yeah. Point for me. And it's because and it's not just you know it's, I'm not saying everyone's doing this knowingly and willingly. It's because it's it is hidden. It's hidden from us. It's not reported on in the media, uh, or at least not anywhere near as much. Uh, people, politicians, don't speak about it that often. Uh, and it's not taught in schools. Yeah. Our history... It's, not, ta- it's not taught in southern schools. It is taught in, in the, north. the schools in the north. Yeah, and increasingly is being taught in the provinces. Uh, more provinces, especially out west. But Ontario, it was, I think it was 2018. Maybe it was 2017 that uh, the provincial government first started to say you have to teach Indigenous issues in school. And it was 2019 when Doug Ford said, never mind, no, you don't. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I, uh, I did not know what a residential school was before I went to Yellowknife. I had a vague... Which is sad. Yeah, I had a vague recollection of hearing something in grade five, but it was not covered like an important topic. Because in grade five, we also watched... We had to do a unit on... Uh, Greek mythology, and to do that unit, we just watched Disney's Hercules one class. Uh, and <laughs> that covers so, it. That, and um, but yeah, that's that's that. It was, it was about as extensive as that we talked about in grade five. Um, but yeah, this in the U.S. I have to say when I when I when I come down to pick a side, unless. 
there is, with the exception of extraordinary circumstances, I'm a pacifist. I don't think that violence is the answer. Um, and so if I have to come down and pick a silence, I'd say no. Violence is not the answer. The riots are, in the end, wrong and not the way to go. But unlike kneeling on a man's throat for nine minutes, I do understand where the riots are coming from. I understand why they're happening. I can empathize and sympathize with the rioters. Especially the first night and maybe the second night. Yeah. I understand. Like, maybe uh, even the third night up until the point where the cop got arrested. But what are the protests for if not bringing the cop to justice that did it? I mean, they're for broader social change, but it, 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 that's not going to happen today or tomorrow. Yeah. It starts with arresting and convicting this cop. And that's my hope, is that if this cop gets convicted, it starts something. It starts a precedent where it becomes unacceptable to let a cop go when he's very obviously guilty because he's a cop. Because then you're saying... Because this is... I mean, this is where the Black Lives Matter movement come from, comes from. What they're saying is Black Lives Matter as much as white lives, as much as a cop's life. And that's not how it's treated in the system right now. And which is why the All Lives Matter movement, which is, you know, in response to that, the right-wing response is ridiculous. Yeah, because they're, they're totally just missing the point. Nobody, yeah, nobody's... Hit people. White people generally aren't being shot. Unarmed white people typically. And a, and a, a great example of that was, was the protests at the Michigan... Uh, the Michigan yeah, where capital. Armed white people. Yeah. Like heavily armed white people but, weren't being shot. But no violence. No. Nothing was burnt. It was a peaceful protest. They were heavily armed, yes. But you, 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 you switch it around and it just would have been an interesting social experiment. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, though, I think we're not... We're not... The, I think it misses the point to compare that to the riots. Um, I think... The biggest thing is to compare that heavily armed white people breaking a law to people like George Floyd or um, the the long, long, long list. Did they, I just, just curiously, just what you said there, did they break any law? What? The white people that were protesting? I don't know. I... I think, I, think, makes... I think you and I can agree it should be against the law to yeah. carry those no. massive guns That's, to a Capitol and... building. Is it in the U.S.? I don't know. That Yeah, I, you're right. I don't know. I guess I was just assuming, because it seemed like common sense, um, that you shouldn't be able to carry a huge assault rifle around with you, especially not to a government building. But I, I, I but, think you might be able to. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You might be able to. They might have been doing nothing illegal. I almost said nothing wrong, but they were. Uh, but they didn't do anything. They might not have done anything illegal. Who knows? But you want to talk about armed white people committing crimes uh, who were not shot? Tons of mass shooters in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, most of those end up dead. Yeah. Most of them end up either killing themselves or suicide by yeah, cop. Yeah, but there are enough 
where you know that some of these cops are making judgment calls, not on the situation, but because of race. Uh, I mean, you don't know, but it looks that way. I, I think I think it's been proven that a lot of them are. I don't think it's a lot. I think I think the vast majority of cops are good cops. I think the majority. I don't know if I put vast in front of that. It might be 70-30. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I at least like to hope it's the minority and you just hear about them more. I hope so. Um, how, I, I, I don't think there's... I think we're just going to leave, uh, leave it with that today. I don't think it's yeah. worth discussing we... another topic. Did we miss something? Is there another? No, I think we. I think we covered. I mean, we didn't talk about today. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say though, um, go listen to the full speech of Jacob Fry, uh, but especially like because that it was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant speech. Um, but especially in all of this, go listen to Melvin Carter. Go listen to Keisha Lance Bottoms. Go listen to Van Jones, who gave a wonderful speech on CNN. Go listen to, um, you know, you want. You want information on this. You want to know what it's like. Don't listen to us. Go listen to the people who live it. Go listen to black people, yeah. essentially. And Go listen to the people who live it. And one, uh, one more thing that uh, just before we we wrap up, you know, it, you talk about, uh, I think it does, you know, Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it kind of brings this back around. And, and he was ridiculed. And and really called out by people like the president. Yeah. And and uh, and the vast majority of the Fox News anchors, and 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 many people, saying he was disrespecting the flag, disrespecting people that fought for the country, when he was protesting, the exact actions, peacefully protesting, the exact actions that took place on the twenty fifth. Yeah. And those peaceful protests that you know rather than rather than automatically ridiculing you need to it needs to be looked into yeah it, it needs to be talked about and it needs to be uh well it can't be it's it, i mean result i don't know how you resolve it at this point but 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 one step at a time i think is how you do it yeah it it with colin kaepernick especially you know they're saying he's disrespecting the country, disrespecting the flag, whatever, whatever, whatever. Why, why should he respect a country that doesn't respect his life? But that's not what he was doing. He wasn't disrespecting. No, I agree. He wasn't. But if you look, even if you say he was, even if you look at it from the perspective that he was, why should he when everything that the flag stands for, uh, doesn't respect him back and it's not everything that the flag actually stands for uh peace liberty and justice for all all men are created equal that is what the flag stands for i think it's what it's supposed to stand for yeah that is what it stands for but people are are uh distorting it yeah it and i i have no problem with what he did oh yeah no there's i agree there's absolutely nothing wrong because people are distorting it. Because people aren't treating it correctly. It's why, that's why it's a poignant comment. Yeah. 
uh, there's something else that I was going to say, but I forget what it was. Um, but I mean, we could, I mean, there's so much to say on this that like, I, I'm sure we'll revisit. Oh yeah. And again, uh, all through the eyes of, of two white guys. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, a bit heavy this week, next week, hopefully we'll, uh, well, next week. Yeah, oh, special guest. We do have our special guest next week. Assuming so. we hear back from her soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've given away. It's a woman. Oh, it yeah. It is a woman, and she, narrows... she's from out west. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say my comment narrows it down by from three and a half billion to three and a half billion. I think yours narrows it a little bit more than that. Yeah, but... we're we're down down to uh, fifteen million people. Seven and a half million people. It could be. Well, I mean, if we just talk about the west of here. That's uh, yeah, still pretty far. I mean, it it could technically be east of here if you went the wrong way around. That's true. Yeah. So really, no way to know. Anyway, stay tuned. Next week, uh, come back next week and find out. Yeah. And, and thanks uh, for tuning in and uh, and letting us vent a bit. <laughs>